When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, October 17th. Got a nice, cold, and wet, rainy day here in Texas. It's Matt, obviously, back on the mic once again. And it is Rankings Day today for the podcast. No real news, so we're just going to go ahead and skip that for today. And so what we are going to do today is jump right into rankings. Uh, As I talked about yesterday, uh, we'll start off today with uh, what I got wrong last week. It wasn't a great week last week. Still had some pretty good calls, but uh, had some pretty bad ones as well. And then after that, I will give you guys my top 10 at each position this week. Again, you can always check out my full rankings list on uh, on Medium with the Fantasy Life blog. Also, if you follow me on Twitter at Sports Fanatic MB. Uh, I always tweet those out as well as the uh, the Fantasy Life app does uh, retweet and send them out as well uh, as they get released. After we go over those, I will then give you guys the the top ten players at each position as well up until this point, really the the midway point for our fantasy season. So, with all that being said, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into what I got wrong last week. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... uh... So starting at the quarterback position, kind of some of my... My biggest one would be Dak Prescott. Obviously, I did not expect him to go off the way that he did uh, last week. I had him ranked fairly low... All the way down at 26. He finished as the second best quarterback on the week with a whopping 29 points. You know, uh, Jameis Winston as well. I didn't have him uh, that low. I had him at 7, obviously. He he was finished as best quarterback of the week with 32 points. You know, a lot of the guys I had right, right in the right 
in the same range. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, obviously Mitch Trubisky and Brock Osweiler. I did not have Mitch. I had at 22. He finished five. And then Brock Osweiler, I didn't have starting again at the time. Uh, there was no news coming out about Ryan Tannehill being out. Um, I apologize if you guys can hear my kids in the background. They've decided they want to come into my office and play. They said they were going to be quiet, so we'll see if if they are while I'm doing this. But um, So Brock... In all honesty, even if I would have known he'd been playing, I would not have had him at 6, which is where he finished. Other than them, though, I mean, I really wasn't that far off on anybody. Kirk Cousins, I, I pumped up way too much this week. I do have a tendency to do that, unfortunately. I had him at 8. Finished at 15. Again, 19 points, so not bad. Only finished off about 5 points away from that 8 spot. Uh, other than those guys, though, not anybody really too far off. Um, oh, and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was my other one at uh, quarterback. I had him ranked at 13th, and then he finished uh, all the way down at 21. Jeez, I'm an idiot! On to the running backs and, and the ones that I got wrong this past week. So, obviously, Christian McCaffrey was my biggest my biggest bad call here. I really thought he was going to go off in this matchup. I really had a good feeling about it. He, I had him ranked as the number one back overall. He finished 21st with literally just 10 points. Uh, massive disappointment, you know, for me. Again, I was very high on him going into this matchup this week. Uh, just looking at the rankings, he's really the only guy that I pumped up fairly high uh, that did not. Um, come through at least where I had expected him to. A couple guys that I was a little bit lower on uh, that came through fairly well. I mean, Tariq Cohen, I had him at 15, came through at 8. My biggest one would have been Peyton Barber, who just completely blew out the projections I had for him. I only had him coming in exactly at what Christian McCaffrey did this week and bringing in at about 10 points. Uh, he did much better than that. I had Peyton Barber at 39. He came all the way in at 9 with 18 points. So, again, beat my projection by by literally 8 points there. Um, other than them, though, really not not a big thing. Uh, Frank Gore, I, I keep missing these guys on my riding here. Frank Gore, I had ranked much lower as well. Uh, and then he came through 16 with 12 points. Again, just better than I thought he was going to be. Again, maybe it's my fault. Uh, I did miss this story during my rankings, and that is a, I have to take the L on that one, um, so apparently they had come out and said that they didn't trust, for, uh, Kenyon Drake to get the ball in Miami because he has too many negative runs, and that's why Frank Gore has been getting more carries, I did not see that story at the time that I did the rankings, so obviously you'll see some slight adjustment on the ones this week, while I still have Kenyon Drake over Frank Gore in the rankings this week, because I just think he's a much better player, uh, they're much closer together compared to the past few weeks where I've really had Kenyon Drake much higher than Frank Gore in the rankings. And then, uh, so my last two, I guess, big mistakes for running back would have been TJ Yeldon, who I had up at 10, who finished at 30 this week with just 8.5 uh, points. And again, a lot of that, I think, was just the the horrible matchup there with, with the Cowboys. I thought it'd be a, a close game or a good game. Uh, all around and that he would get some some fairly decent work and that just did not happen at all and then Jordan Howard as well I had ranked at 12 he finished 37 with a whopping 5.9 points and a lot of that coming obviously at the end of the game uh, and in the overtime where he was getting his carries so uh, you know Jordan Howard I still trust him I still think he's a he's a very 
good back in the top back, but with the game scripts and everything going on right now, with Chicago, Tariq Cohen has been falling out. But again, I, I wasn't that far off on my projections with Cohen. Just missed him by about five slots. He only really outproduced my projections by about four points. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that. All right, so on to wide receivers. So obviously my biggest uh, bad call here for wide receivers was Odell. You know, I had him as the number one overall. I thought this was going to be a really good matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, maybe I'm having too much faith in Eli here, but I had him, uh, you know, the highest wide receiver of the week again at number one with 25 points. Uh, he ended up finishing 48th overall with 7.4 points. Other than him, though, um, really it was just guys that I didn't expect to do anything that broke out. Albert Wilson with 30 points. Marquise Goodwin I had down in the 30s. He finished 4 with 27.1 points. Same Cole Beasley, Tyrell Williams. You know, a lot of those guys just having great games uh, that I wasn't expecting, which, you know, most, and all, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, you weren't starting those guys anyways, unless you're in a deep league. Uh, you know, obviously it was nice to get guys like Tyler Boyd all, like I got him right on the spot. Same with Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, really a lot of these guys I had right there. All in all, I mean, wide receiver-wise, it was really a good week, except for obviously that Odell call, which really hurt me. And again, you know, I'm hoping that he turns it around because it's just, he, in my opinion, is one of the best, if you can argue, the best wide receiver in the league right up there with Hopkins. Um, I really think Adams needs to be in that conversation now. And Antonio Brown, you know, Tyree Kill with, with Patrick Mahomes. And he's just, whether it's Eli Manning or the offensive uh, play calling, whatever you want to put it as, it's just, it has not been good so far this season. Alright, so at tight end, which is where we'll finish uh, the ones that I got wrong here, obviously Austin Hooper was my worst call. I had him at 11, I did have him projected for about 12 points. Finished with 17.6, obviously he was just targeted immensely. Uh, You know, he was just, I mean, Matt Ryan was going to him all game long and he, he killed it. Deserved to be where he was. Uh, Nick O'Leary, I did not have ranked up in the top 10. He finished 7th with 12.9. Same with Jimmy Graham. Finished with 12.9. I'm sorry, I was actually pretty close on Graham. I had him ranked 8th uh, overall with with 11 points. So he finished 12.9. That was actually a fairly good call by me. Uh, but Chris Herndon, Vernon Davis, I didn't have anywhere near there. Uh, they both finished in the top 10. I didn't even have Herndon ranked uh, or Vernon Davis. So, you know, those were obviously bad calls on my part. Everybody else pretty close except for Cameron Bray. I had him in the top four, had him with 13 points, uh, and he finished with uh, just eight points and at the 16 spot. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into my Week 7 rankings. Uh, with uh, We'll start with quarterbacks. Now, you kids are probably asking yourselves, hey, Matt. How can we get back on the right track? So my number one quarterback this week I have is Kirk Cousins. He's got a great matchup, and he's getting a lot of volume in the passing game, which I was not expecting. Uh, I know a lot of people when he came over to Minnesota thought that he would obviously be very good and continue doing what he had done in Washington, but nobody thought he'd get the volume because of the running game. Uh, The offensive line has struggled this year, some due to the uh, injuries and obviously the untimely passing of Tony Spurrier. Sorry, Tony Sprano, um, who obviously, unfortunately, uh, passed away in the offseason or the before the preseason game started. And then, obviously, a lot of people, including myself, thought Dalvin Cook 
would be a bigger presence, especially in the running game for this team. And whether it's due to the injuries and everything else going on, he has not really done much of anything. While the uh, the Jets' defense has actually been fairly good, uh, I do expect Kirk still to put up really good numbers. Um, and then, you know, like I said, with, with the volume he's getting passing, and then we got to see him obviously score a rushing touchdown this past week, which was awesome. Uh, I, I have him as my number one. Number two should be no surprise I've got is Patrick Mahomes. Again, this dude has just been on fire every week. I imagine he's going to continue continue that role, been right up there in the top five every single week. Uh, has a very good matchup uh, this week uh, against the Bengals. However, what worries me about the Bengals, and, and the only reason why I didn't put Patrick Mahomes up at number one, is because the Bengals have at times shown to be a very good defense, especially this year. Uh, so I'm a little worried that they could come and ball out, and then uh, Mahomes might not have quite that elite game, but then again, he's he's been on his game, even even this past uh, Sunday night game against the New England Patriots. You could see he struggled, looked a little antsy in that first half, and then came out and was just on fire, put up almost 30 points. Uh, again, with a lot of his points coming in that second half. So you can't, in my opinion, you can't take him out of that top three until someone shows they can slow him down. So I've got him at number two. Number three, I've got, you know, Teflon Tom, Tom Brady. Again, he, he's been obviously good. Again, same thing, though, with Patrick Mahomes. That Bears defense scares me a little bit. Obviously, Tom, not quite that mobile in the pocket. Cleo Mack can get after him, but Bill Belichick is one of the best head coaches in the game. I think he's going to find ways to do what he always does and scheme ways to help the Patriots win. Uh, so I think Tom is going to get his numbers. Number four, I have Cam Newton. Uh you know he's he's been fairly consistent the past few weeks actually, uh, putting up. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm I'm losing my train of thought here. He's been putting up a lot of points in the passing game, which has kind of been the biggest thing against him in the past, where he's only put up you know say 150 passing yards, but then is rushing for like 60 yards and getting a touchdown, and that's where all his production's coming from. Well, now he's been consistently putting up over 200 yards in the air, and wow adding the rushing and then the rushing touchdowns. Obviously, the rushing touchdowns really kind of puts him over the top as one of the uh, the elite quarterbacks, kind of what he was back in his MVP season. And I expect that he's going to have to do both of those against the Eagles this week if the Panthers are going to want to win the game, or are they going to win, if they're going to win the game. Number five, I have Famous Jameis, again, going up against Cleveland Browns this week. Uh, the Browns have had a good defense, but they've been torched twice, so it's kind of hard to figure out what they are, that consistently good defense we've seen the other four weeks, or are they that really bad defense we saw against Oakland and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers? I'm not 100% sure, but uh, Winston looked really good, obviously, in his first start last week against Atlanta defense. I would say the Browns defense is better than Atlanta's, but I expect Jameis to put up points, and in return, Baker have to put up points to keep up with them. Number six, I have Matt Ryan. Again, same thing, you know, just has a great matchup this week on Monday night against the Giants. Uh, that defense, while it has played good at times, has been uh, thrown on multiple times this season. And I expect uh, Ryan to be able to do that on Monday night. Uh, one thing that does concern me a little bit is what they're going to be able to do in their rushing attack. Uh, it does, 
with Devonta Freeman being out, obviously, for at least the next eight weeks, and he's really been out most of the season at this point, I actually think it's helped out Matt Ryan. They've moved to more of a spread offense, kind of having one of those guys back there, whether it's Tevin Coleman or Ito Smith, and it's forcing Ryan to throw the ball more often, which I think is what's helping him as well put up the numbers that he has been putting up. At number seven, I have Jared Goff. You know, he's the guy that I think I've been the most wrong about. And I don't know if that's just Sean McVay and what a brilliant play caller he is. Or maybe I was just completely wrong about him. But I really thought that Goff was more of a game manager. I, I did not expect him uh, to show and play the way that he has been. I mean, the Rams, I think, are projected, are pretty much going to be projected every week to put up at least 30 points, and he's the guy behind everything. Uh, so until he shows me that he's not worthy of a top spot, he's going to be up there, especially against a plus matchup in the 49ers defense. Number eight, I have the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Again, uh, much with Patrick Mahomes, the same thing. I expect this to be kind of a shootout game. Again, the Bengals' defense is, in my opinion, better than the Chiefs. Uh, and so if they can somewhat slow down Patrick Mahomes, I don't think Andy's going to have to throw it as much, but I don't expect that to happen. While I don't expect it to be like a 40-43 game like it was this past Sunday with the Patriots and the Chiefs, I expect it to be a high 30s game or mid-30s game. And so for Dalton to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to have to sling it. And so that's why I've got him in my top 10. Number 9, I have Andrew Luck. Much for the same reason that I have Kirk Cousins at number 1 in its volume. Uh, Luck is having to throw it over 40 times in almost every game so far this season. And while he doesn't seem to have anybody to throw it to but Eric Ebron right now, he's been getting it done. He's been putting up the, the yardage and the touchdowns while he has been throwing the interceptions. So if you're penalized heavily for interceptions, and he's probably not been doing as good. But if you're not, if he's just you know the negative one or you don't get any penalties at all for interceptions, he's been balling out. Um, I expect him to have a good game here. There is talks that he could be getting T.Y. Hilton back, which will be big. They are going up against a very good Bills defense, which I know might be crazy for someone to say, but they have been very good since Sean McDermott has taken over the defensive play calling. Uh, I I do expect it to be a decent game here. We'll see. Uh, With the Bills, uh, I just don't know if Derek Anderson is going to be able to help keep them in the game, which I think could be in favor of the Colts, obviously, if they start to put up some points. I think Derek Anderson could turn the ball over and give Luck more opportunities to uh, take his team down the field and score. And then at number 10, I have Matt Stafford obviously coming off the bye. Uh, He's been really good so far all season, going up against a Dolphins secondary that I think is – They are really good, especially with Rashad Jones, and Minka Fitzpatrick has been very good. He's usually playing in the slot, which I think is going to hurt Golden Tate a little bit. It's hard for me to get this one because I really think, at least based on the projections that I have, is that Matt Stafford and Golden Tate, who we'll talk about when we get to the wide receiver ranks, I think are going to have a very good game. But Minka Fitzpatrick is the one player that scares me on that team because he's shown the ability to cover slot wide receivers. So, Stafford is the one guy, I'll admit, I'm a little shaky on right there in my top 10, but with the projections I have, I think he's going to be there. Um, so I, I I hate to backtrack and say that I could be wrong on him, but he, he's the one guy in the top 10 I'm a little worried about putting in that top 10. And then I've got, a, as always in my article, I'll pick a one guy that I don't have in my top 12 to kind of that I think could jump up in there. While this may seem like a fairly easy pick this week, I have it being Drew Brees. Again, 
The thing with Breeze is, and it's going to be like this with all the Saints players. I'm just going to let you guys know now. Um, I don't have any of the other ones as my picks, but you'll notice when I go through my rankings or if you read the article, they're much lower is because they're going up against the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens defense has been one of the best defenses all year long. Uh, They've really done a good job limiting teams in scoring, and on top of that, they have not allowed a second-half touchdown all season long. So all the scoring that's come on them has been in the first half. Now, I understand Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram, I get it. They're all elite at their positions, a great offense, great team as a whole, still Baltimore has played some very good teams up until this point and has not allowed any kind of touchdown in the second half, and that means something. The Saints could break that this week. I have no doubt about that in my mind. They could obviously easily do it. They're a very good offense, like I just said, but I personally don't think that's going to happen, so I've actually have Drew Brees ranked all the way down at 15 this week, but again, if they're able to get by that and kind of stymie these uh, this Ravens defense a little bit, put up some points, he's my pick to jump up into the top 12. So, at running back here, number one, Todd Gurley. I think, really, that's enough said. He, he's he been the best back so far uh, this season. I, there's nothing else you can say about the guy. He, he's he been awesome. I imagine he's going to be right there in the top three all season long. That's, I think, the one guy you can easily just plug in at number one every week and expect that that's going to be the one you'll get right. Number two, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Again, the Cowboys... Although they did seem to change up their game plan a little bit last week in allowing Dak to run, which I liked. Uh, I actually think that helped open up the, some lanes for Zeke as up until this point, they just been kind of giving the ball to Zeke every down and, and teams can expect that. Now, they are playing a very good Redskins defense, a team with very good linebackers. Redskins defense has been very underrated this season and as they have been very good. So I, I don't expect him to go off for like a 30-point game, but I do expect him to have... My my, what I've got down here is a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Where he's going to get all, obviously a lot of those points from those two touchdowns with the twelve points all together, assuming you get the the six points for per touchdown. Number three, I have Saquon Barkley because he's Saquon Barkley. He's been legit. Uh, you know, a lot of people expected him to be this good, and he, in my opinion, has been living up to the hype and outliving the hype. He's he's been awesome again. A lot of his work coming in the passing game. No, this past Thursday. He was finally able to put it all together on the ground against a good Phillies defense, so Philly Philadelphia Eagles defense. So hopefully we see that more. But in all honesty, I'll take what he's been giving me out of the receiving game as points, anyways, because he's been balling out just getting the receiving work and then the, getting the rushing work on top of it is just the cherry on top. Number four, I've got David Johnson because well, everybody's gashing the Denver Broncos these days, so David Johnson's got to do it right. I hope. Um, uh, I am a little worried about that because that is one of the biggest reasons why I have him as high as I do this week because Isaiah Crowell and Todd Gurley in back-to-back weeks have gone for over 200 yards against this defense. They're eventually going to fix that, I would assume, so this could be the week, but as talented as David Johnson is, not just as a rusher but as a catcher out of the backfield, um, I have a feeling that he's going to do good things this week against this Denver Broncos defense, which has struggled to stop the run. Number five, Joe Mixon. Uh, he's he's looked good since coming back from injury again. I expect that game between the Bengals and the Chiefs to be a shootout. I expect him to get a fair amount of work here and put up the points that we need. Number six, Melvin Gordon. Um, while I don't expect him to 
put up quite as many points as he did against the Cleveland Browns last week with the three scores. I expect him to do fairly good. I have him for a touchdown and 110 yards, making him the number six back for me this week. And uh, just just to throw this out there, it was suggested to me earlier, and I think I'm going to, starting with week eight, I will actually start putting my projection points in there as well to kind of give you guys an idea of of why I have the guys where I have them and really how close some of these guys can be too. You know, I had a an email last week about two guys that I had like four spots apart, but then when I was looking at my rankings points, I mean, all in all, they were 1.2 points apart. So, you know, it's not like I'm ranking these guys as David Johnson, like for instance this week, David Johnson at four and Joe Mixon at five. It's not like there's a five-point difference between these guys. Most of the time, it's very minimal difference. It's just a difference. You'll see the bigger differences in, say, David Johnson when I have a four, and then just scrolling through my rankings, like a Matt Breida this week I have at 25. So I don't think he's going to have quite as good a game. My projections for him, I have him at 12.1, where I have David Johnson right now at 17.8. So while it's not a huge difference, it's six points is about a touchdown difference uh, there. That's where you'll see the bigger differences. And again, I will start putting those in my rankings as of week eight. Uh, as I've talked to my editor about that and some of the people asking for that, I'll go ahead and start doing that so you guys can kind of see how close I have certain players um, at each position. So after that little ten- tangent there, I will go back to my rankings. Number seven, I have Kareem Hunt. Again, I expect it to be a very high volume offensive game. Much better pass catcher than Joe Mixon as we saw in that uh Huge play on Sunday night against the Patriots. I expect him to get his points. Number eight, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, I expected it last week. He he didn't really get as much in the receiving game as I would have hoped. They are playing against a very good Eagles defensive team. I expect them uh, to be in it most of the game. I expect him to get fairly good rushing yards and receiving yards again. This past week, Saquon Barkley torched this defense on the ground and in the receiving game. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, while is probably not probably while is not as good as Saquon Barkley, I think his skill set matches up fairly similarly to his, and I expect him to have a good game. Number nine, Sony Michelle. Uh, he has been really good for the Patriots so far since coming back from the injury. I think he's easily their number one. The guy they're going to count on for the rushing yards. Obviously, James White getting the receiving work. I don't have him far behind Sony Michelle, just so you guys know. Uh, and I expect him to have a good game here. While I don't think he's going to score two touchdowns, I do have him with the score this week against the Bears. And then number 10, Alvin Kamara. Again, as I talked about again with the Drew Brees thing earlier with the Ravens defense, it just scares me. I know that Alvin Kamara will get his points in the receiving game, and maybe having Mark Ingram back there will help him kind of, kind of help propel him to what he was last year because he really worked well as a tandem backfield, although he's still put up points so far this season being by himself except for uh, two weeks ago when Mark Ingram came back. Um, I, I just don't expect them to go off against this Baltimore Ravens defense. And then, of course, my guy outside the top 12 I expect to jump up, or I could jump up, is TJ Yeldon. I have him at 16. Um... Again, he, he's going to be the bell cow for the Jaguars. They are going up against the Texans, who had a very good defense, but with his ability to catch the ball, I think it's really kind of that D-line uh, where the uh, Texans are the strongest. I, I don't think their linebacking core is quite as good as that defensive line. So uh, with his ability or what he's shown in the receiving game, I think is where he's going to be able to get some work. I think he could easily jump up into that top 12. At wide receiver, my number one this week is... 
Adam Thielen, and I mean, it's what else can you say about this guy again? To score in five of his six games, put up 100 yards in the next six games. I do expect him to do it again against the Jets. At least I hope so. I know he's got to get to eight to tie the record. I hope he breaks the record because I just love the way Adam Thielen plays the game. Uh, but I have him as my number one. At number two, I just I just can't quit him. I got Odell. Uh, Atlanta has been able to. Atlanta has been. Uh, thrown on quite often, especially with the with the losses of Keanu Neal and uh, and Ricardo Allen. Uh, I expect Odell to have a good game here. He got called out by his owner John Mara earlier this week. I expect him to really kind of ball out and and finally start scoring some touchdowns, as he really only has the one receiving on the year, and then obviously the one passing. Number three, Tyree Kill. Uh, I mean, the dude has just been awesome all season long, going up up against a, a good Bengals defense, don't get me wrong, but as much as they seem to throw the ball, and of course with, with Hill, all it takes is the one big play, and, and he's major weak. Number four, I have Julio Jones, and guys, I know I called for this early in the year, and I was wrong, he's going to score this week, at least I think so, at least I hope so. Because it's been 22 games since Julio Jones has scored a touchdown. He is due the Giants' a Monday night game uh, at home for the Falcons. I think he's going to come through for you. He's going to not only put up the yardage like he has been the past couple weeks, but he's finally going to get you that elusive touchdown. Number five, I've got A.J. Green. Again, same thing with Tyreek. It looks to be a very it looks to be a shootout. I expect him to get a fair amount of points. Obviously, Tyler Boyd as well. Um, though I, I expect Tyler Boyd to start getting a little bit more of the extra coverage with as good as he's been and allowing A.J. Green to kind of go off this week. Number six, I have Golden Tate. Again, uh, I expect this to be a very good game against the Dolphins. Uh, I did just see a report that Ryan Tannehill is going to be out, which is uh, interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if Brock Osweiler is going to be quite as good as Ryan Tannehill, or as good as he was last week, I was going to say as good as Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill didn't play last week. Uh, as good as he was last week, then again, I would say that um, the uh, the Bears' defense is much better than the Lions, and so you know, if Brock even has somewhat of a good week, this could be a very good offensive game for both teams, and so I expect Golden Tate to have himself a good game here in his return off the bye. Number seven, Emmanuel Sanders. Again, his connection with Case Keenum has been lights out for the two of them. Uh, really one of the main reasons why Case Keenum's have been able to even put up points is because of how much he's been able to go to and rely on Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I don't see that changing. Arizona, obviously a very good secondary, but I don't expect Patrick Peterson to follow Emmanuel Sanders. If he does, that could limit his workload a little bit, although uh, Patterson or Peterson has not uh, traveled quite as much uh, as he has in the past, so I expect Sanders to have a good game here. Number eight, Stefan Diggs. Again, I just I, I just expect this to be a very good game for the Vikings. I, I feel like they've kind of been slow off the mark. Uh, Kirk Cousins is usually slow off the mark. He had very, obviously two good games earlier in the season, then kind of middle ground and kind of coming back up. I expect them to have a very good game against the Jets and both of those guys scoring, Diggs and Thielen. Number nine, I have Robert Woods, little old Roberto Again, 49ers, they're going up against the 49ers defense. The Rams are projected to score 30 points every week. Uh, I have Brandon Cooks kind of high here, too. I do expect those two 
to get a lot of the work. Brandon Cooks at 14. Uh, I do expect them to get a lot of the work with Cooper Cup being out. I know Josh Reynolds is coming in to replace Cooper Cup. And, and while I like Reynolds as a player and, and a prospect, I do, I do expect Jared Cook to rely more on those two than anybody else. And then number 10, I have Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he's been really good since coming back from injury. Uh, is playing a very good Panthers defense, though. And with them signing Eric Reed, it's going to be really interesting to see what that secondary looks like now. Um, but I, I expect him to continue to have a good game. And then, of course, my pick outside the top 12, I think, could jump up. John Brown at 17. Uh, had a quiet game this past week. I think a lot of that was due to how open Michael Crabtree was able to get and how often he was able to get open. I expect him to kind of ball out like he has been so far this season. Uh, Ravens have a, a decent matchup here. Uh, against the Saints again the Saints defense has not been quite what they were last year uh, so I expect John Brown to have himself a very good game here uh, against them and then oh then that would be it and then we'll move right on into our tight ends number one Rob Gronkowski I know he's been a little bit disappointing so far this year did come through really of course most of that coming right there at the end in those and that last drive uh, for you, but the Patriots have a good game here. I expect him to be able to put up points against this Bears defense. I don't see any of those linebackers really being able to cover him. Uh, the guy that he's going, Tom Brady's going to go to. At uh, at number two, I have Zach Ertz. Again, he's been targeted an insane amount by Carson Wentz since he's been back. He is currently the number one tight end overall, just barely over Eric Ebron. Um, but I think his his volume alone is what's going to keep him up at the top. I expect him to have a very good game here against the Panthers. Number three, Travis Kelsey. Again, I can't say it enough. I just expect this game to be a shootout. So I expect him to do a very good job or put up points here. I know he kind of struggled last week, uh, but he will be fine. He he he's had himself a fairly good year. Um, I, I don't actually didn't have that bad of a week last week with eight points. He's really only had the one game. Uh, that he really bad, obviously, with the one and one or one point one game. At number four, I have my guy David and Joku again going up against the Buccaneers. If Jameis Winston is able to get to this defense and put up points, Baker is going to have to go to somebody. David and Joku's actually been kind of his best target recently. Now Jarvis Landry just last week got targeted nineteen times and put up a whopping twenty fucking yards. Is ridiculous. Now, granted, Mayfield did kind of overthrow and underthrow him on multiple passes, but David Njoku's just been lights out since Mayfield has come back after that first game with the Jets. Uh, and I expect that connection just continue, especially if he keeps uh, scoring touchdowns. He had a great touchdown last week. Uh, Baker get it, put it right up in four, only him to get, had his hands on the ball. Defender kind of came over and tried to knock it out. And Joku didn't let it go. He's got those big hands. He's athletic. I expect him to have a great game against this Buccaneers team. Number five, Trey Berton. Um Again, a decent matchup here against the Patriots. The Patriots do have some good linebackers and uh, a decent secondary, uh, but I just he he's getting schemed to do different things with Charles Nagy. I expect them to continue to do that. Uh, he he's a very versatile weapon. They can put him in the slot or obviously play him at the tight end position. Uh, so I expect him to have a decent game here against the Patriots. Number six, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, while he's had a somewhat uh, down year, at least in my opinion, I, I honestly thought he'd be right up there in like the six to ten range at at tight end. Uh, he is not really anywhere near there. 
I mean, yes, he is. I'm an idiot. I, I don't know how to read. Uh, he's sitting at number nine, but he's really only had two games where he's put up double digit points. Everything else, he's been right in like the the five to eight range, and it's kind of where I expect him to be this week again. Guys, tight end is such a bad position altogether as a whole for fantasy. There's really not many guys there that we can trust. And so someone who you know is going to get targeted in the end zone, their quarterback loves to target him in the end zone, you've got to take him because he has that touchdown upside. Even, again, if he gets one catch for five yards and a touchdown, you're still getting that six points right off the bat right there, plus whatever you're getting for PPR if you're playing in a PPR league. So he's going to get his points, uh, especially down in the red zone. Number seven, I have C.J. Uzuma. Sorry, Uzuma for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Again, he's taken over for Tyler Eifert. He's had a couple decent games here. Um, I expect them to, again, against the Chiefs, I expect them to have a fairly good game. Number eight, Eric Ebron. He's been the number two tight end on the season. He's been the go-to guy for Andrew Luck, especially with T.Y. Hilton out. That's not going to change this week. I know there's a chance T.Y. Hilton could play, but the Colts are playing a very good Bills defense, so I expect him to just continue looking Ebron's way, and I expect Ebron to put up points. Number nine, I have Evan Ingram. Now, he is not a for-sure start this week, uh, so I could be I could be wrong on him, but I expect him to play Monday night. It's It's moving that way is what it looks like from everything I'm seeing and reading. It's moving toward him possibly playing. I hope he does because I hope it'll hopefully open up this offense some because this offense has just been bad. While it may take away somewhat from what Saquon is able to do, it'll be nice to see a dynamic threat like Evan Ingram back in the lineup with the Giants. And then number 10, I have O.J. Howard. And this was a struggle for me because... Really, Cameron Braid has always been the guy that Jameis Winston goes to, but O.J. Howard's been getting targeted more even with Winston in there. Uh, he looked good even with with that uh, knee brace on last week in this past game against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and so I think as long as he's able to run and play with that brace on, I expect him to do very good. He's already had uh, three games this year, over 10 points, um, and then two under, but the first game being 9.58 points, so he was right there. He's just He's been really good. I know those first couple were with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but even, again, with Winston back last week, he put up the 14 points. I think he's going to uh, continue to get that kind of target production. And then my guy outside the top 12 that I think could jump up there this week is Antonio Gates. Uh the Chargers have a very good match or an interesting matchup against the Titans. Uh, the defense obviously got blitzed last week against Baltimore, uh, and I actually think Antonio Gates is going to be able to put up two touchdowns this week, which is going to kind of lift him up. And if he's able to do that, I think he could easily jump up in the top twelve. I have him ranked right now at the number seventeen spot. So. That is going to do it for my rankings this week. Again, you guys can look at all of them. I rank the top 25 quarterbacks and tight ends, and then I go 50 on wide receivers and running backs per the Fantasy Life uh, blogs. Uh, that's how they kind of want me to do it. If you guys have questions about anybody else, I, I have my own rankings out to 100. Um, and I can always always give you guys opinions on anything else you guys want to see or hear about different players. You can always hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. 
Um, or you can just look for my name, Matthew Bruning. There's two two Matthew Brunings on Twitter, which is surprising to me. You'll see me, a goofy-looking guy with two adorable little kids on there at Legoland. That, that's me. And you can always send me a Twitter DM, tag me in a post, or just ask me anything you guys want on Twitter. Always glad to kind of go back and forth with you guys talk. And then, of course, if you want to be, uh, I know some people don't like that because I've heard you know their league mates and everything are or watching them on Twitter and seeing that stuff, you can always send me an email. Uh, it is the fantasy round table at yahoo.com, all under case. Uh, again, I'll try and reply back as quickly as I can on there. I apologize sometimes I don't see the emails right away. Uh, and so I, it, it takes me a couple hours to reply back to them. But as soon as I see them, I will get back to you. Uh, and I try to keep up with that fairly, or at least every couple hours, I try to check that. So. That being said, before we close out the podcast today, I'm just going to give you guys again your top 10 at each position right now in fantasy at the midway point of the season. So right now, and, and this is all scoring is a half point PPR. That's what most of my leagues are. It's it's my favorite, uh, uh, I guess, rules to play with. Um, you know, I think full point PPR is great. I don't have any problem with that either. I just like the halfway if you like to kind of dip your toe in the water a little bit. You don't play in PPR. I really think you guys should try it. It, it makes the game just completely different, and I've loved it ever since I've, I've moved to it. So, again, with that being said, your number one quarterback is Patrick Mahomes with 162 points. Number two, Matt Ryan, 154. Number three, Aaron Rodgers at 139.9. Kirk Cousins at 4 with 139.4. Ben Roethlisberger at 139.2 is ranked 5. And I'm just giving the points right there because they're all so close. Uh, number 6, Andrew Luck at 135. Number 7, Phillip Rivers at 129. Number 8, Jared Goff at 127.2. Tied with the ninth quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who is also at 127.2. And then number 10, Drew Brees at 124.9. For the running backs, obviously, it can't be any surprise to anyone who number one is. It's Todd Gurley with 166. Melvin Gordon comes in at number two with 146. Number three is Saquon Barkley at 137. Number four, James Conner at 128. Number five, Alvin Kamara at 124. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott at 108. Number seven, Kareem Hunt at 103, and that is the end of the hundreds in the running back, which is very surprising to me. Uh, These next couple guys to all, uh, the next closest is James White, who is at 8 at 95 points, and then TJ Yeldon at 9 with 87, and David Johnson with 85. So guys, that I think should just speak to the the running back position right now while there is a lot of players viable at the running back position to play at the one and two spots really we only have a couple guys a handful of guys that have been elite this year wide receiver um to me is very surprising i would not had you asked me at the beginning of the year expected any of these top three guys to be in there uh and that's adam thielen is number one with a 124 point uh lead here he the next closest obviously Devonte adams who i loved i actually uh if you go back and look at our consensus ranks for the fla blog there's about 11 of us that did them i actually had Devonte adams i've put finishing as a number five wide receiver overall i love adams love what he's done so far this year and he's sitting at number two right now number three tyree kill number four 
DeAndre Hopkins number at, with 104. I'm sorry. Antonio Brown at 5 with 103. Robert Woods at 6 with 96 points. So, again, just five guys right there in your top uh, with 100 points. And, again, I do think wide receiver is much deeper, but it is interesting to see if there's only five guys so far that have broken 100 points in going into Week 7. Number 7 is A.J. Green with 93 point, 93.9 points. Number 8, Julio Jones, 93.8. And for that, and I even think with Julio Jones, this is kind of a slap in the face for me as well. He's been this good, again, number eight wide receiver so far in the year with 93 points, and he is only, sorry, not only, he is still yet to score a touchdown this year, which is just insane to me. It just shows the production that he's able to put up, especially in PPR leagues, the catches and the yards that makes him just so good. If he if he could just start scoring touchdowns at a normal rate like he has you know, three or four years ago, he would be a legitimate top two to top three wide receiver all year long. Number nine, surprising to me, both nine and ten. Um, number nine is Emmanuel Sanders with 93 points, and then number ten, Cooper Cup with 91. Um, 91.3, Juju's right behind him at 91.1. So, you know, those guys, again, have all been have all been awesome. Surprising to see Emmanuel Sanders and Cooper Cup right there. And then really for me too, seeing, seeing Adam Thielen and Devontae Adams at the number one and number two at about the midway point in the season. And then the last group here, tight ends before we close it out. Again, as I talked about earlier, Zach Ertz is the number one with 84 points. Number two, Eric Ebron with 83 points. Number three, Travis Kelsey with 81. Number four, Jared Cook with 68. Number five, George Kittle with 64. Number six, Rob Gronkowski with 58 points was surprising to me. I think you would not have expected that at this point in the season. I think many people would have had him as number one or number two. Number seven, Austin Hooper with 56 points. Number eight, Jimmy Graham with 54. Number nine, Kyle Rudolph with 52. And then number 10, O.J. Howard with 47 points. So, again... Guys, thanks for listening. That's going to do it today for the ranking stuff. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, any breaking news. I've seen a couple stuff come across as I've been doing this, so I'll address that stuff tomorrow. A lot of injury news and whatever else happens over the next 24 hours before I record again. Uh, We'll definitely discuss on tomorrow's podcast, and we'll have the Thursday night preview, and then I will do my college uh, football review and previews uh, for the coming weekend with some big games. Um, And then that'll probably do it for Thursday's podcast. And then on Friday, I think I'm going to have two podcasts come out on Friday. I'll do one uh, with the usual Sunday, the Thursday night breakdown, and then the Sunday preview stuff and then I think I'll put one out later in the day Friday maybe sometime Saturday morning where I'm going to start going over all of the top prospects in college uh we're getting really kind of close to again the midway point not just for NFL but for college seasons as well and so I think this is really the time you need to start buckling down and starting to take your first glimpses at these guys who are going to be coming out. It's going to be key for anybody in dynasty leagues and rookie drafts. You want to start looking at these guys, looking at the class, trying to decide. At least for me, I always love looking now and just trying to see what I think this class could look like and what who could be coming out if I want to try, depending on where my team is at, 
uh, in certain leagues if I want to try and start acquiring some extra picks now to see if maybe I can bundle some stuff to get some better picks or if there's just a lot of depth I like in this class to try and get multiple guys to try and start rebuilding. Because as I stated uh, in, in the very first podcast that I did for me, I'm always trying to win now. I hate rebuilding uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with rebuilding. Some people like it. Just for me, I want to be trying competing every year, and so I'm always trying to get the next best guys coming up so that I can compete again next year. So, again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast again today for Wednesday. Again, if you guys have any questions at all, you just want to follow me, hit me up on Twitter. It is at Sports Fanatic MB. And I will happily talk fantasy with you, go back and forth. You can find all of, not just my work, but all of our great writers' work on Medium uh, with the Fantasy Life app. Also, if you have the app, everything is posted there. Uh, You can follow them on Twitter, at Fantasy Life, at Fantasy Life Blog. Uh, Everything gets tweeted out there. They've got everything from waiver waiver wire stuff, streamers, defenses you know everything you can think of dfs we got great down and dynasty stuff by by at culture at culture underscore coach uh dennis bennett i mean anything you need to know fantasy football wise we've got it there got it covered not just what the podcast i talk about on the podcast everything there go check them out on medium or like i said look us up on twitter uh, and you can find anything or if you've got the fantasy life app check it out there so until we talk again tomorrow guys hope you guys have a great night i will see you guys or talk to you guys tomorrow peace prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready you got your popcorn ready i came out the wrong line ready and he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honored Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle them the point yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.